0: Yeah, I would say both, uh, for sure. I spent a lot of time outside growing up. We, we had, uh, uh, we called it the woods behind my house. It was a, a very small forest where me and my, my brothers and our neighbor kids all ran around until we, we couldn't move anymore. And then we went and slept and then we went and did it again the next day. But we just were outside and even in the rain and, um, cause it rains a lot here, but, um, we got used to that and, I think seeing seeing packaging materials or seeing waste in the woods would always really bother me, and uh, you know it bothers me when people um, don't um, pack out what they packed in. One,
1: two, three, four. Welcome to the Green Hour. A community of innovators, activists, and government leaders in the world of sustainability. Each week, you will hear from a leader in sustainability to help unlock your mind to a greener future. Hey guys, I'm Preston Pogue, and on the show today, we will dive deep into the world of packaging Prepare to broaden your understanding as we explore the essence of sustainable packaging, unveiling its significance and drawing insightful comparisons to traditional packaging solutions. We'll delve into the realm of innovation, discovering the powerful role design plays in crafting sustainable packaging solutions. Get ready to learn of advantages and benefits that come with embracing sustainable packaging practices in the business realm. But that's not all. Our exploration wouldn't be complete without acknowledging the pivotal role of consumer education in driving the ever-growing demand for sustainable packaging. And as we gaze into the horizon, we'll catch a glimpse of the upcoming trends and developments that will shape the future of packaging. What do you think of when you hear Amazon? You may think of the massive online marketplace where you can buy practically anything, or you may think of the Amazon River in South America. Regardless of where your thoughts take you, one thing is for certain. We all have memories of the brown Amazon boxes that find their way on our front steps. For some, seeing these boxes bring immediate excitement, whereas others are wondering when the buying madness will stop from their families. Most see the boxes as a mere covering to the product they purchased and rip the package open as quickly as they can. What might strike people is hearing that little packages like this amount for a large percentage of the global waste every year. Packaging protects our products, but at what cost? Our guest on The Green Hour today has dedicated his life to finding solutions for this global problem. Corey Connors is the Director of Sustainable Packaging for Aurora Packaging Solutions, a total packaging solutions supplier, as well as a fully integrated corrugated manufacturer. Sustainable packaging refers to the design and use of packaging materials and systems that minimize environmental impact, promote resource efficiency, and support long-term ecological balance throughout their life cycle. Corey received his education from Portland State University with a Bachelor of Science, Advertising Management, and Marketing degree. So you may be wondering, how does one take that degree and find a career in sustainable packaging? Well, we'll get there. Corey started his career as a warehouser at age 18, making boxes, and he used this to pay his way through college. Once he graduated, he realized no one was hiring advertising students, So by chance, he found a packaging company at a career fair. Some call it luck. Some call it fate. Some call it divine intervention. But this was Corey's start in the packaging industry, an industry he never leaves. Corey not only has his day job, but he has also grown a substantial following on TikTok and on his podcast. Corey created a podcast called Sustainable Packaging after he realized education needed to be spread around the topic. Everywhere he looked, he could not find the education around sustainable packaging. So he decided to create a podcast and it has become one of the biggest in the sustainability space. With over 100 episodes and an impressive lineup of guests, the Sustainable Packaging Podcast is a must listen. On TikTok, he has a massive following of 89,000 with 2.5 million likes, with the content all being focused on sustainable packaging. Corey's success isn't by accident, but is due to hard work and doing things for the right reason. A TikTok influencer, a popular podcast host, and a face of an industry, Corey's life has been spectacular. But as you will hear, his foundation for sustainability started in his hometown in Oregon, where environmental action was taking center stage.
0: So I grew up in the Northwest uh, in Oregon and been surrounded by green focus, uh, or environmentally friendly as we used to call it back in the day. Uh, we were the first state to have a, a bottle deposit scheme. And, uh, so when I traveled outside of Oregon and saw people throwing cans into the garbage, I was very surprised and frankly, uh, upset, even as a kid, it, it was just, it bothered me. Like, why wouldn't you recycle that? We can recycle those and use that material again. Um, but that led into a career at uh, warehouser making boxes uh, when I turned 18 and uh, paid my way through college got a degree in advertising which turned out to be pretty perfect for packaging in the retail space and uh, went to Portland State University, which is downtown in uh, Portland and uh, then when I graduated with a degree, no one was hiring advertising students at all. They were actually uh, laying people off in the advertising world. So I I went to our career fair and just happened to find this packaging company. Thought, well, I know about boxes. I've been making them for five years. And uh, they hired me in sales. Uh, My dad was the salesman. My grandpa was the salesman. So I'm used to that mentality. And uh, I know it's very hard, which it it definitely is. Um, But it led me to where I am today. Awesome. Awesome. So,
1: so you took that background and it's, it's interesting, um, Corey, because a lot of the guests that I talked to, um, they, they got into sustainability, but early on in their careers, you know, that they weren't in sustainability, but there was one specific moment that, 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 that kind of clicked for them. And I know the last guest that I had on, I'm going to be releasing the episode tomorrow, you know, he grew up a rural area in Georgia and on a farm and he grew up uh you know learning everything that that you would do on a farm and that kind of clicked in his mind later on in his career when he got into sustainability so it sounds like you're the same way you know you work for this this boxing uh manufacturer and look where you are today you are in sustainable packaging so it's it's really a full circle moment and that is it's just so interesting because like i said the more people i talk to in sustainability they have a story just like
0: yours yeah yeah and i think it's um it's a passion for sure um you know we want to make a better world for our kids and uh at least that's that's my motivation
1: so corey tell me tell me what you're doing today um as far as in your career what 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 position do you have and what is the work that you're doing on a day-to-day basis
0: yeah so i'm the director of sustainable packaging at aurora packaging solutions which is a global packaging company about five billion dollars based out of Melbourne, Australia, and uh, we're known for our sustainability and have been for many years. Uh, one of the leaders in glass manufacturing, and as far as sustainable glass for wine and other other products, and we also make aluminum cans in Australia, and we make corrugated and uh, packaging materials in the USA, like uh, prints, point of purchase displays uh brown boxes all the way up to high end retail uh displays and packaging. Hmm.
1: So five billion dollar firm. I mean that's yeah. I, I didn't know that was that big. That's massive. Um <laughs> and you're in your and you're doing packaging for a number. I'm guessing a lot of different organizations. So who yeah. are can you talk on some of your biggest clients that that you work with um and what what industries are they in?
0: Yeah, so that's a pretty Pretty much my favorite part of this is it's so diverse. We have customers in all uh, walks of life from uh, mom and pop, small companies to a a global uh, conglomerate like uh, Calavo, uh, which makes uh, pre-cut fruit and vegetables. And, uh, you know, I was there just this morning doing inventory. (laughs) So I still, I still, Ah uh, kept my uh, my customers and get to get to work directly with with customers still, which is uh, one of my favorite parts of my job getting to know them, getting to figure out their uh, issues and challenges with sustainable packaging uh, so I can keep my uh, you know my skills focused and sharp because uh, i don't want I don't want to just do um, you know theory I want to really. Uh, watch it in process and see how it works in in use.
1: So this this just hit my mind. I my last position, I ran a um, a small golf company called Tour Links, uh, mm. very small indoor putting greens for golf and training aids. And totally. I was asked to redesign the whole business. And I really wanted to create something with a sustainability focus because in the golf world in this indoor market, there wasn't a lot of companies prioritizing sustainability and. Right. With you saying that, it just it just hit my mind. I was looking for sustainable packaging. So sustainable boxes, you know, we were manufacturing everything in house. Um, we were you know packaging it and, and shipping it out from our warehouse. And so my question is, because I, I honestly do want to know because I was in this position. So say I'm a manufacturer looking for sustainable packaging. What would I do? with your organization and how would i how would i find you like how, what what would be the whole process of that interaction
0: yeah most of our our leads are coming through um word of mouth um uh online searches um we're a big name in the industry like i said um you know we've got 70 locations in north america that people know most people know who we are um so they're we're going to direct you towards the Division that's closest to you, so you can work with someone locally that can come and look at your product in person. And uh, if if possible, now sometimes that's not possible, or sometimes people don't want that; they want to work with uh, me personally or uh, one of our other teammates that that lives far away, and that's fine. Uh, and we can work on that design via Zoom or uh, Teams meetings and um, come up with real solutions to solve their their packaging problems uh, and that's where we really add value is looking at the whole scope of what they're doing mm-hmm. and not just saying okay what are you using all right we'll quote that too um, because that's not a lot of value there and a lot of companies we call it me too less five and uh, that's just not good enough for us we want to be an improvement on their current uh, packaging materials and solutions.
1: So, bouncing off of off of that and the organization that you're in now, and talking about you more personally, Corey, um, yeah. you touched on this briefly in the beginning of you know where your interest came in sustainability in the beginning. I mean, you're in Oregon, and yeah. you just don't understand why why are people throwing away aluminum cans <laughs> or plastic bottles right. when when they can recycle them? I mean, especially on the West Coast, I mean, there's such a um, prioritization for sustainability and environmentalism, so. Yeah. I, I kind of want to dive back into that a little bit and, and really understand where where your motivation and interest comes in sustainable packaging. Was it just this this internal feeling of trying to understand why are people not recycling when mm-hmm. they have the availability? Or did you just learn things in your career that kind of morphed you into to what you are today?
0: Yeah, I would say both uh, for sure. I spent a lot of time outside growing up. We... We had, uh, uh, we called it the woods behind my house. It was a, a very small forest where me and my my brothers and our neighbor kids all ran around until we, we couldn't move anymore. And then we went and slept and then we went and did it again the next day. But we just were outside and even in the rain and because um, it rains a lot here, but um, we got used to that. And I think seeing, seeing packaging materials or seeing waste in the woods would always really bother me. And, uh, you know, it bothers me when people um, don't um, pack out what they packed in, you know, uh, it's such a simple thing, take, take five minutes, pick up your stuff and take it with you. Um, just so the animals don't have to be affected by it, or our, our, our planet doesn't have to be affected by it. But then, then I started my career in, in packaging and worked with companies like Powell's Books. And they taught me how to be sustainable with packaging. Before we knew it was sustainable, they said, okay, we want to use the least amount of ter- material. We want to use earth-friendly materials. Uh, you know, it, Sustainability wasn't even a, a term we used back then, uh, 21 years ago when I started. But uh, that's how I cut my teeth in the industry, was, was learning from great people like them and they are still a very sustainable company. They're the, the world's largest independent book reseller. Uh, so they not only is, is their packaging sustainable, but what they sell is sustainable. They're reselling books, uh, rather than printing new ones. Um, they do both, but I think it's a cool business model.
1: You know, when I think of sustainability, especially for manufacturers, the word that comes to mind is efficiency. I mean, mm-hmm. really, if you're talking about being sustainable, yeah, you're prioritizing the environment, but you're also limiting your waste output, right? You're using yeah. all the products you have, so you're not wasting profit. So sustainability is environmentalism. It's it's prioritizing the environment, but really it's, it's efficiency, and it's really doing mm-hmm. business the right way. Mm-hmm.
0: Well said. A lot of sustainability myths are that it's more expensive every time, and I think what you said is exactly right. Uh, sustainable packaging can often be less costly because it's less packaging uh, believe it or not and a more efficient use of say a cutting die uh, or you know net the way that the the boxes are nested on the die or go to this style of a box so you don't need a tooling or you know whatever the case may be there's thousands of um, ideas there
1: So Corey, um, looking at your career, and, and looking at it from a broad scope of, of your entire career if you could highlight one project one project that just jumps off the page of where of where you or your organization was able to accomplish a lot of stuff what would that project be and what did you accomplish
0: yeah i you know I thought about this a lot um, thank you again for sending me the questions in advance so i could prepare a little bit <laughs> but um, there, there's been a few projects where we've where we've right sized the boxes or transitioned from a foam material to corrugated material uh, to make it all the same and 100 percent recyclable. Um, but it's it's a very good feeling when you can accomplish that. When you can say when you can look at pallets of packaging material and say we won't need that anymore. And um, to say, this is what we're going to use instead. And, and to have that effective, um, you know, serious impact on cost savings and a more environmentally friendly project is very satisfying. But I really feel like starting my podcast and, and that that journey has been one of the highlights of the career because of the impact I've been able to have. And being able to reach such a big audience and make such a much larger impact, a lot of those packaging projects we worked on were very um, not well known. You know, it's not something that we got. It was before social media and it was before I was on TikTok and LinkedIn. Uh, And so we'd have a big win and then we would know about it and the customer would know about it. And that's it, <laughs> you know? Uh, so now it's, uh, and nobody would learn from it in, in the world. Um, but now we can show that and those successes and teach others how to do it.
1: Hmm. Yeah, that That's the whole blueprint for, for this podcast as well as education. And I'll say, Corey, that when I was researching to start this podcast, when the idea came to me, um, the first podcast I saw on sustainability was yours, and oh, ever since that day, I've had you. your name down on a, on a sheet of paper, um, <laughs> wanting to talk to you. Um, not only not only from your expertise and experience in sustainable packaging, but with all that you've done in the podcast world, and I mean you, you your follow your follower base is immense. I mean it just speaks to speaks to you doing the things the right way, and you looking out for everybody else and trying to educate them. I mean, that's that's the whole point of, of a podcast like this and like yours. You just really want to spread education and awareness around different topics. Um, now, looking into um, sustainable packaging in general, this is going to be a very vague question. Um, very vague. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So, not so you roll your eyes at this, but um, I, I just I just want to ask this and, and really give the listeners an understanding. It, I would ask if you could define what sustainable packaging is. And it's important um, in the context of environmental sustainability.
0: Yeah. So a huge question, big, big topic, um, but very important for the listeners to understand the scope of what we're doing. Packaging is a trillion dollar business with a T. If you look around yourself right now, wherever you are listening to this or watching it, uh, and you don't see five things of packaging, I would be very surprised. Uh, you know, your, your cups, your, your anything around you that, uh, that you see is, is, is probably some kind of a packaging product. And so it's, in, it's affecting all of us. And I believe that sustainable packaging is the packaging that has the lowest impact on our planet. Uh, whether that's uh, the lowest carbon footprint uh, the the least amount of uh, raw materials pulled out of the earth needed uh, you know the the lowest impact the least amount of effect and um, something that can be done in perpetuity things like reusable packaging things like uh, recyclable packaging things like compostable packaging are is, that's taking off too. Uh, so these things are are very valuable, and um, the things that can that can be used by a consumer in a way that they understand there's nothing sustainable about a sustainable package that the consumer doesn't know what to do with when they're done with it. so we have to be very clear on package as we say with instructions thing using things like the how to recycle label uh, provided by uh, the Sustainable Packaging Coalition, uh, those kinds of things are are a huge impact.
1: So when I was doing research on this episode and into sustainable packaging, uh, my mind went, you're probably going to laugh. My mind went right back to when I was in a first grade uh, classroom and, you know, we'd have movie days every now and then. And <laughs> we watched Happy Feet, the movie. This was in 2006. Uh, wow. So this was, I guess, 17 years ago. Um, in happy feet, you know, there's, there's a lot going on in that movie, but really what what they're trying to convey is talking about the environment and how plastic pollution can affect wildlife. So yeah. I can remember the one memory that I have from the movie is there's one character, there's a, there's a penguin that has a, a six ring plastic package, I guess, around, around its neck. And, okay. you know, this whole movie, they're trying to get it out. He or she is, is suffering and they can't really figure out what to do. And that really that really hit me because I'm thinking, OK, what we're doing in our everyday life, what are, what we're manufacturing can affect animals uh, and species in the ocean. Yeah. And that, that really it, it's very complex to think of. But I mean, it really just goes all the way back to the manufacturers and then it goes back to. You know, who is consuming these products and what are we doing with it? So um, that's why I was just blown away with sustainable packaging, because, OK, if we can eliminate that, if we can eliminate that altogether um, yep. and in the front and with the manufacturers, we might not, we won't even have that problem. I'm 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 optimistic. I'm an optimistic person, but I do know humans and I know not <laughs> everyone's going to want to recycle. I wish they would. Um, hopefully in the future, numbers will continue to grow. But um, if you create and build products that have less waste, that um, can be reusable um, and that use packaging that isn't going to affect our oceans and isn't going to affect, you know, our everyday lives, then that's that's just going to be helpful. Take take the um, the act out of the human's hand or the out of the uh, consumer's hand is what I should say. But all of that to say happy feet that that was 17 years ago, I was (laughs) six years old. But um, that movie it really showed why it's so important that we use and view packaging um, in the in the right way.
0: I agree, hundred percent. We need to make we owe it to the consumer as packaging professionals and as the brands and and companies that we work with to provide packaging uh, to consumers that is simple to to deal with and. Even if they don't have the ability to recycle at their house, uh, which, uh, the numbers there are pretty striking. You'd be surprised at how many people don't even have access to it at all. Uh, and companies like Recyclops are, are working hard to, and TerraCycle and, uh, Ridwell, there's a couple of companies that are really working hard to, to uh, amend that and bring it to everyone. Um, but, you're, you're exactly right. We need to make packaging that's simple to use, simple to recycle or reuse. And, uh, you know, it's obvious what, what can be done with it. I do like the idea of making packaging out of materials that even if they ended up in the ocean, it would be fine. Uh, you know, we don't ever want to encourage that. Um, because there are still, even in lots of paper packaging, there are coatings and things like that, that aren't good for wildlife. Uh, but that's, that's something to consider when you're making packaging.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You, you talk about, you know, there's a lot of areas that uh, would blow your mind. You know, there's areas around the U S that, you know, you, you still can't recycle from home. And it's funny because the place that I went to college, university of Pikeville in Kentucky, Uh, very Eastern Kentucky. Um, There's no (laughs) recycling infrastructure. So um, there wasn't a recycling center um, in the, in the County. Um, So people just didn't recycle. And it was always, it always blew my mind because you had the university, which isn't huge, um, but you still had a lot of people, you know, in and out of there. And then you had a big, um, a big entertainment center called Appalachian um, Wireless Arena. Um, Hmm. And then you had a big hospital. So you have these three big areas um, with waste, but there's, there's no recycling infrastructure. So everything was going to the landfill. And like you mentioned, companies like TerraCycle, I'm very familiar with. Um, some of these other organizations are trying to fix that. And I hope they do, especially in these rural areas. Yeah. It's not only providing infrastructure, but it's also um, bringing about education um, and right. talking about why it's important.
0: Uh, and that's a that's exactly right. My cousin is from Kentucky, uh, Bowling Green, Kentucky, okay. and uh, she she comes to visit Oregon, and she's like, "What you recycle? I don't what that's recyclable." Okay, like and and it's just and it's not her fault. It's not her family's fault. They just like you haven't had exposure to it. Uh, but I just interviewed the CEO of Recyclops. His name is Ryan Smith, and his their company's goal is to find those rural areas where people don't have access to recycling and provide it. Uh, And it's so if you're a student at a college where they don't have recycling or you live in a multifamily uh, housing complex, uh, you know, reach out to these companies. The numbers that you need to get uh, to sign up is very low. So I think it's like 50 families or something like that. And then it becomes viable economically to bring you know and and what they do is they have it's like an uber style where uh they don't have their own drivers always they'll hire people like us that want to make a difference in the world and they will go pick up the the recycling and consolidate it and then make sure it actually gets recycled so yeah. it's can be very impactful
1: well, I was going to ask how how they do this, how this company Recyclops, does this, but it sounds like you know you're doing. You call it a mobility as a service platform, um, if if that's what they're using, and they're paying drivers to pick up um, recyclables, mm-hmm. and then yep. I guess that's connecting them to the to the to the nearest recycling center where they can drop it off. Right. Wow.
0: Yeah. So they'll they'll develop the structure as needed. So uh, only forty percent of glass in the America gets recycled. So that's pretty sad. When in Europe, it's seventy nine percent. So um, think of that as a as a kind of a low point for recycling. Now, if if and then and then there are other companies doing doing things like um, a glass half full in uh, New Orleans, where they take the glass and they were two college students and they started this company and they crush the glass and they turn it into sand. So that they can reshore the shoreline in in Louisiana, you know, you remember Katrina, you remember these these things that these disasters that have affected these states, um, but they need as much sand back onto the 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 ocean side to to refill it.
1: Yeah, we talked about. I mean, in the past, I've talked to guests about how sustainability isn't possible without innovation. And obviously it takes creative minds like people at Recyclops, like these college students you're talking about. I mean, that's just it's out of the box thinking that normal people wouldn't think of, but I mean, that, that is incredible that they're doing, that they're doing things like that. Um, so, so talking about, um, specifically the environmental impact of sustainable packaging and talking about, I want to go back and talk about the traditional packaging methods. And if, and if you could give a, um, Give a comparison, Corey. Um, I know this is this is kind of a hard conversation to to give without like providing numbers or providing graphs. But could you talk about the environmental impact of traditional packaging methods versus now this sustainable packaging method?
0: Yeah. Well, I think we need to talk about what packaging used to be, um, and. You know, back in the day when the milkman would bring your bottles of milk in a in glass bottles and they would pick up the empty ones and they would bring them back and they would uh, clean them and refill them. So why did we go away from that structure? Uh, and the answer is pretty simple. Convenience and cost, right? So it's it was more costly. Somebody discovered plastic bottles and they said... We can use these and just throw them away. What a great idea, right? So simple. Uh, when we could have just stayed with the old technology and it was uh, it was working, it was great. Uh, and what we're seeing is a resurgence back to that. You're seeing a lot of programs where you can order uh, milk through your local uh, dairy farm. We do that. We do it with um, uh, our... Alpenrose, which is here locally, and uh, you know, bring bring the packaging back. Uh, it it works really well, but the impact is is pretty massive when you look at the scale. Uh, for example, Amazon ships six thousand packages a minute. So just wrap your head around that. During this, com- we've been talking for a half hour. What's six thousand times thirty? I, you know, this is a massive issue. And that's just one, you know, they're the largest, and they're big, and that's a huge number. But that's just one. We've also got Walmart and Target and all these other online retailers that are just shipping and shipping and shipping. And to people like us that are, are drowning in a mountain of, of packaging, that we don't know what to do with it, right? Most of us aren't people like you and I that are going to focus on how to recycle these things. But the impact is huge on linear packaging, which is what we call this. What we're going for is a circular system where it's um, recycled or reused or or recirculated somehow. Um, so there's a lot of programs. So the only way to really um, measure the difference is to do like life cycle analysis. So we do a lot of that with the different kinds of packaging that are used. Um, And what we're seeing is reusable packaging often outperforms all of them. Um, Or the fact that you're sure two things, that it was made from recycled material and that it will get recycled. That creates a circular loop where everybody's happy. And um, I think that's probably going to continue to be the largest piece of the pie is recyclable packaging.
1: Yeah, that that makes that makes a lot of sense, right? I mean, it's if, if you're going circular instead of linear, you're also reuse. I mean, you're reusing the material, so you're not producing as much, so right. you're not spending as much as a as a manufacturer. A, a lot of stuff in sustainability just it just makes sense, but it, it's really trying to open people's eyes to it is the big thing. Once you open up their eyes and and show them the raw data, show them the numbers, then they're they're more able to. You know, make the switch. So, Corey, you know, we talked about that, but in your experience, what are some challenges and and trade offs that are involved in um, creating this sustainable packaging?
0: Yeah, it's often a different. Oftentimes, the the resistance is, well, this is how we've always done it. Um, So, why it works? Why would I mess with this? You know, what if what if what if your new system doesn't work? So. Um, oftentimes we'll have to try, we'll do a, a small trial and say, well, let's try this one product this way and see how it works and see what your response is from your consumers. Now, there have been a, several epic failures in uh, sustainable packaging in recent months, uh, or years, I should say, where companies have gone to more sustainable alternatives and consumers have screamed in frustration. No we don't like this. It doesn't work. It's not effective. It's frustrating to us because we don't understand how it works. Um, we don't, you know, I used to be able to do this and now I have to do, to do that. Um, so I think you have to really start small sometimes and, and do a trial, maybe bring in a, a focus group and say, Hey, what would you, you know, let them touch and feel this new packaging idea. Um, you know, uh, Give them, give them some free product, and say, you know, if you receive this, would it would it make sense to you? Would you like it? Would you would you still buy this? Would you understand that it's still our brand? Um, so there are concerns with that. Of well, I, I couldn't find it, so I bought the you know the other brand that it looks similar to what I used to use. Um, people are creatures of habit. Uh, I can say that I am. I have to fight to try new things, uh, you know. But it can become um, very gratifying when you try something new as a company and your consumers react to it positively.
1: One thing that that really frustrates me, Corey, is you know we get a package sent to the house. Um, let's say it's let's say it's Amazon. Let's say it's HelloFresh. Let's say it's I don't know X company, whatever company. Yeah. And, you know, I'm opening up the package and it really frustrates me when there's so much ample space in these yeah. packages because I'm like, what are you doing? You're wasting all this material. Um, they might have like a lot of packaging paper inserted that they don't need. And I'm just like, yeah. like what are you doing? Like my, my OCD kicks in and I'm like, what's <laughs> what's, what, what's the deal here? I mean, I mean, who is right. designing this stuff? So uh, the question I'd ask you is what role does design play in creating sustainable packaging solutions?
0: Yeah. It's, it's a huge part of it. And, uh, I think I've, I was looking back through my old podcast and I've, I've, did, I've, uh, interviewed maybe a dozen designers because it's such an important part of the world of sustainable packaging. Um, they are really, um, oftentimes the impetus for, uh, a sustainable design idea. And, Oh, what if we eliminated this? What if we took this out? And, the reason for a lot of this space in a box is because companies buy certain box sizes to accommodate larger, uh, options. And then what they don't realize is the cost savings is massive if you were to use a smaller box, um, or use less packaging material. So having, having more options in varying sizes or uh, having boxes that you can cut down to make the right size. It's very simple to add scores to a corrugated box and just cut, cut the corners and fold the flaps so they don't meet here, you know, so they, they fold over each other. And all of a sudden you've got a shorter box. What does that do for you? That, that saves you money on your shipping. That, that saves you space in your warehouse when you're storing it. Uh, your customer will thank you because they have less stuff to recycle (laughs) or throw away, which is even worse, right? So there's, there's a lot of um, kind of push and pull with that because it can take a few more seconds for the person that's packing it, but it can save uh, X amount of money. So you have to look at the, the, the total return on investment of cutting, cutting down those boxes.
1: Yeah, what I learned is that there's there's a real strategy in in a manufacturing um, plant when you are packaging, right? Yeah. People people from the top have to create. Okay, what is going to go in this package? You know, how are we going to seal it? You know, it's a big strategy. And, and before I got into the business world, manufacturing world, I didn't understand that. And you know, packaging and shipping really is an art and a science. I mean, mm-hmm. it's 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 not it's not something that you can just throw something in a box and ship it out. Um, you can, but you're going to be losing profit along the way, and that's one thing. When I was in, in my last organization, I, I redesigned our, our product line, and then I had to redesign our packaging because we were. I was trying to ship as cheaply as possible, right? I, di- I didn't right. want to. Um, incur a lot of costs because I wanted our margins to be a specific percentage. Um, so I was like, okay, what can we do packaging wise and limit our weight, limit, limit um, the amount of boxes we have to send to the customer. Um, so in that aspect, I'm familiar. Um, very short time I did that, but it's not an easy process by any means. And it's, it's a lot of trial yeah. and error and a lot of just, just like you're playing like, like I was like in a sandbox in the warehouse uh, just yep. playing, playing around. Okay, what can fit here? What can fit here? How, what's the weight? You know, what's that going to translate to cost? I mean, it's it's a lot to figure out. But I, I just go back to it being packaging and shipping is really, really an art and a science.
0: I agree. It's a it's a huge undertaking and uh, takes a lot of thought and a lot of trial and error and a lot of discussion and. You got to make sure number one that your product arrives safely and um, securely because if you go through all of this and the item gets damaged and you have to replace it, every all the work you did is for nothing. Mm. You know.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. And we we had not not my organization, but one of our sister organizations kept having that happen. Because they were shipping, I think it was, they're shipping FedEx, um, just, or no, UP, No, they're shipping UPS ground and it kept, the boxes just kept getting beat and beat and beat. And when it arrived to the customer, you know, there was, there was problems, there was errors. Um, so, so yeah, I mean, it's, it's crucial. It, it's a part of the process of the buying process that consumers don't really think of, but just getting that package to you involves so many steps and it, and it can be a complex right. process.
0: Yeah, very true.
1: So looking at, you know, the latest trends and innovations in sustainable packaging, there's one question I wanted to ask you, um, and it revolves around hemp, hemp packaging. I'm I'm talking with um, someone on Monday, um, and one of their goals is to, by 2030, be completely sustainable. All of their materials, they don't, zero waste, and they want to be one of the first people, organizations in the world to have hemp packaging, I haven't done much research into hemp packaging. I I vaguely, uh, very vaguely know what hemp is. But the question I would ask you is, um, is this possible? And do you see hemp being a solution in sustainable packaging in the future?
0: Um, I would have to look at what they're shipping. Um, Hemp is a great material. It's incredibly um, fast growing and uh, it's a great cover crop. For for farming, um, and can return a lot of nutrients to the soil. Um, the fibers on hemp are about a fourth the size of uh, trees uh, that we're used to, and so you have to use you have to make the material thicker if you're using hemp paper. Um, but that's not always a bad thing, um, it, and it's not always a problem. Uh, I interviewed a company called Restalk, R-E-S-T-A-L-K. And what they did was they took waste from, uh, hemp and other products and they, uh, would grind it up and then turn it into paper, alternative papers for packaging. And, uh, so hemp was one of the big ones that they would use and they're, they're finding it to be very successful. Mm. Uh, now it's going to take a long time to transition to that. So your, your friend that you were talking to or the associate um, has a long ways to go maybe for now. Uh, but I am seeing hemp show up in, in lots of different new molded fiber packaging that uh, is, is working out really well. Uh, and it, they're even putting it into uh, plastics, which is really fascinating how they're using these uh, biopolymers—it's—it's um, it's incredible to to watch the the process.
1: Yeah, one of my one of my first guests I had on the show, his name is Alex Blum. He founded a company called Applied Bioplastics in Austin, Texas, and you know they're using elements like hemp for bioplastics. You know, using virgin virgin material, virgin resin, combining that with let's say a hemp fiber, um, and and that's that's what you know, they're trying to do and, and limit, limit virgin material um, in the manufacturing process. Great. So Corey, if I was to tell you my dream job, um, and, and again, you'll probably laugh at this, my, my dream job right now in, in my life, in my career would be working in sustainability for Coca-Cola in Atlanta. That, that would be <laughs> like a dream job because yeah. I just, I, I see a lot of, first, I, I want to be in Atlanta, but, but secondly, it's, Coca-Cola has really prioritized sustainability, and through research for this episode, I wanted to hit a couple metrics that I found on Coca-Cola and what they're doing for their packaging and sustainability. They set a goal um, to make global packaging 100% recyclable by 2025. So that's in two years. You know, they're talking about you know making all of their globally all their packaging um, recyclable. Um, they came out with what's called the hybrid bottle, which is 49% plastic, um, 21% plant, and 30% recycled plastic. Um, hybrid, as we know, um, means it's got different elements in it. And then one, one cool thing that I didn't know about, um, I was actually working in my last organization and we had vending machines um, and I would go every now and then and get a Sprite or get a Dr. Pepper. And I noticed one day that these Sprite bottles, the iconic bottle. That was always green, always mm-hmm. green. It turned clear, and I never really understood why until I started getting into sustainability and really diving into what was going on. And the reason for it was they they changed the Coca Cola company changed from green to clear to improve recycling efficiencies because if you have all these clear bottles and then you have one one green bottle, there's separation right. that has to happen. So. I don't know why I took them that long to figure it out, Corey, to be honest with you, but uh, I'm glad that they did. And, and you're seeing, you're seeing the effects of that today. Um, and then lastly with Coca-Cola, I wanted to hit on, um, we talked earlier um, on the animated movie, Happy Feet and talking about marine waste. Um, but Coca-Cola, what they're trying to do is take marine waste and transform it into food grade plastic. Um, so mm-hmm. You know, there, and I don't know, I don't know how far along in the process this is, but Coca-Cola's marine bottle sample is a world first um, using this technology of marine, uh, this marine waste, and and looking in the ocean, taking this waste out, and actually putting in a product for consumers. It, it, it's remarkable to think about. Uh, but those are three things I just wanted to hit on and share because Coca-Cola again great company. They're doing a lot of cool stuff and they're, they're here where I live, uh, which I'm, I'm, I'm happy to talk about because I love Atlanta, Georgia.
0: <laughs> yeah. I I had got to actually interview them at the sustainable packaging coalition and, uh, we did a, a podcast about it. So I'll, I'll send that to you. Uh, oh, Brian McElier, who's their uh, PR guy. He's amazing. When we wow. talked about the, we talked about the transition to the clear bottles. He actually brought me one and, uh, uh they have a, a some pretty serious goals um uh, with refill and reusable packaging which uh 20 their 25% of their packaging will be either refillable or reusable which is a pretty massive change from where they are today um but i think they can do it and i think they're a leader in that space They've received a lot of criticism for the waste that they create, but they also have the world's most recognizable product and one of the most popular uh, drinks in the whole world. Um, so that's hard to not get a lot of attention, <laughs> but they're doing a lot of good things to make it better for for all of us.
1: So Corey, we, we talked about hemp very briefly, but I wanted to ask you, you know, from your seat and your position and your, your involvement in the industry you know, are there any other new materials, designs, technologies that that are making packaging more sustainable, or, or making packaging easier to to recycle, to reuse, to biodegrade? Any any of these things?
0: Yeah, I think the the future is mono material. Um, Where are now we're we're experiencing things that are multi layer films. Um, those materials won't be uh, allowed uh, in the future. Uh, for for most for many things uh, so you'll be able to say and it will say on package this is number two plastic this is number four plastic whatever it, that is it and then it will be recycled and they'll possibly in in the long-term vision of it all um, you'll be able to to send it into the MRF the material recycling facility and it will have a digital uh mark on it that will show the the computer uh which bin to put it in. Mm. And I interviewed AMP Robotics and that's what they're doing. They their AI uh technology can actually scan what the item is based on millions of pictures that it's taken before and it can say I know what that is and it will take it and it will put it into the correct bin for, for recycling.
1: Oh wow! So that I'm familiar with that company. They're out of Texas, right?
0: oh uh, yes. Mm-hmm. I think,
1: yeah, yeah. I I did some research into them, and I mean, it just makes so much sense what they're doing because instead yeah. of having you know humans physically sort, use robotics, use AI, cut out human error, and and be more huh. efficient, it just every everything makes sense with with what they're doing. So you you know, Corey, we talked earlier about you know how sustainability is really efficiency. And how in sustainable packaging, if companies do it the right way, um, they, they will have cost savings because you are being as efficient as you can with the product that you're shipping. And the materials that you're using can be reused, can be recycled, so they're better for the environment. Um, but I just wanted to, to talk about and, and maybe let you highlight um, you know, the potential cost savings that sustainable packaging has, um, but also the brand reputation enhancement that it brings, you know, sometimes we talk about this, this aspect of greenwashing and nobody ever wants to, to greenwash that. It really drives me crazy when, when this comes about, because you know, what we're trying to do is spread educational sustainability. And then some companies will just say they're, they're prioritizing sustainability, but ultimately they're just saying that to, to increase their reputation when they're not really putting action behind it. So Um, those two things, um, I would ask you about, you know, what are the, the potential cost savings? And then along with that, the brand reputation enhancement that switching to sustainable packaging, uh, presents for, for any organization.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Great questions. Um, sustainable packaging can be a big savings because it's often designed to be smaller. And so you're using less material. Uh, And you're shipping smaller boxes or 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 packages. So imagine uh, a twenty percent freight bill reduction. You know, if you're listening to this and you're shipping out thousands of boxes a month, and uh, we're gonna lower your freight bill by twenty percent, your your boss is gonna be really excited about that, and uh, you know your your whole company is going to that's money driven driven right to the bottom line. And to answer your second question, consumers are paying or are, are voting with their wallet. They want sustainable packaging. And uh, it, there's lots and lots of studies about this, but basically people that as people get younger, people get more likely to to buy packaging that is more sustainable. Uh, and that's not a dig on people that are my age and older, but um, it's it's just the way the numbers are. And so consumers are saying, I will buy this because it's a sustainable alternative. I'm going to buy your product because it's got sustainable packaging. So brands are actually seeing uh, huge spikes in, in sales when they are investing in sustainable packaging. So even if, let's say, even if your packaging costs you more uh, to be a little bit more sustainable, uh, if your sales spike in a good way, um, you're, you're going to cover that cost immediately. And that's pretty awesome.
1: Yeah. If you look at age groups, I'm, I'm Gen Z, the age group above me, the millennials, these two age groups are really, really looking at sustainability in the environment and saying, look, we have to do something about this. And, and, a lot of people in these age groups are making consumer decisions based on the companies that are, are 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 taking the green initiative that are, you know, creating packaging that's sustainable, you know, that are that are eliminating waste that are recycling X material. So it's really crucial that leaders and businesses start to understand this. I, I remember a conversation I had. Um, with with the CEO of my last company, and because I'm I'm trying to prioritize sustainability, um, right. I'm just a kid that comes in with a lot of ideas and a lot of energy, and I'm like, look, we can do this, this, this. One one of our key um, differentiators will be sustainability. You know, we'll, we'll be a green company in golf, um, and he was like, look, um, we we we've tried the the approach, the green approach in the past, but it doesn't work, and I was like, well it might not work with your target market right now, but as millennials and Gen Z get older, it's going to blow it away because like you said, I mean, your age group, uh, the age group above you, they might not be thinking of sustainability in the same way, but as the age group um, gets older and, and and starts becoming the dominant force in the marketplace, companies are going to have to do it because if not um, consumers are going to buy What companies are more eco-conscious? And um, you're starting to see that today.
0: Yeah, very true. Either extended producer responsibility is going to uh, force their hand or their customers are just going to stop buying their product because it's packaged poorly.
1: So looking at, um, and we talked about this earlier, consumer education and engagement and how important it is for Mm -hmm. For people, whether it's me, whether it's my neighbor, whether it's the person I'm sitting next to at the movie theater, it's it's important for them to understand what sustainability is and why they need to be recycling or why they need to be buying products that are sustainable in the environment. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would ask you, the role of consumer education, what is the role of, of, of consumer education in driving the demand for sustainable packaging?
0: Yeah, yeah. Um... Well, again, they they're going to vote with their wallet. They're going to buy things that they that they feel are sustainably packaged, for the most part. Um, consumers need to understand, there, and there's a lot of confusion there. I, I just saw a study um, by oh, who was it, Bloomberg or someone, um, where they were showing, they were asking consumers which one is more sustainable and they had a plastic container, and then they had a plastic container, the very same one, wrapped in paper. And the consumer thought, oh, well, the one with paper on it is more sustainable. And that's kind of a common misconception. And so we're seeing a lot of that, whereas if they were to just buy the plastic container, it would be less material. It would be still recyclable in many places uh, if it's the right material. Um, but it's not, you're not going to have to separate it when you go to recycle it.
1: You know, talking about, um, consumer education and, and engagement awareness and why this is so important. What you did is you, you saw this issue and you you went in and created a podcast around this using your experience, using your network of people to really spread education around this issue, um, specifically on um, sustainable packaging, which is a very niche spot that yeah. a lot of people don't think about. But like you said, it's a trillion dollar business, packaging is. I mean, you look around, like you said, there's probably five things around you that are packaged differently and that you, you have bought that are packaged. So- You know, I want to dive into um, your podcast, which is Sustainable Packaging. Um, And, you know, I want to I want to learn, you know, how did this come to be and what is the mission behind it?
0: Yeah. So it started way back when I was uh, making TikToks. Um, I started that. That was kind of step one, listening to Gary Vaynerchuk. I don't know if you know him, but uh his his marketing materials are are fairly amazing. And his his mindset of um just start telling everybody what you know and see what happens and and share your wisdom, share your knowledge. And uh that turned into uh, meeting my friends Adam Peak and Avelia Matos, uh who already had podcasts at the time, and they said you should do a podcast. And I said, Oh too much work. I don't have time for that. But it turned into a very, very uh, beneficial and enjoyable uh, part of my career. I really uh, like what I'm doing. Um, and the goal is to spread the word about what's actually sustainable and what's what's really going to have a positive impact on our planet for for packaging materials. You know, things like uh, sc- Scotch Cushion Lock. This is 100% Recycled paper, and it's a direct replacement for plastic bubble. One hundred percent recycled paper, and it's totally recyclable when you are done with it. So, things like that, uh, you are seeing sales for bubble wrap plummet because uh, people are switching to things like cushion lock material because it's sustainable. It takes up less space in your warehouse. It's a huge cost savings. Uh, you know, all of these things are pretty amazing. Ten truckloads of this of of bubble wrap equal one truckload of this. Oh wow! So when you you know think about that, when you're buying plastic bubble, it's full of air. Well, this isn't. It's flat. Uh, You know, things like that are are huge cost savings when you transition to sustainable packaging. And your customers will like it. You know, of course, I get a lot of pushback when I talk about this stuff on social media because people like to pop the plastic bubble. (laughs) They enjoy that therapy, uh, which I understand. But you have to understand that almost none of that material gets recycled or reused.
1: Right. So if if the listeners wanted to to go to your podcast and listen to, let's say, one specific episode, um, Uh I, I know you've done... I, th- I think <laughs> at this point, but I, I yeah. know this is a question out of left field, but if you were to say one episode that you would recommend for them to, to listen to, what would that be?
0: I have a couple that are my favorites, um, but I really enjoyed the episode with Tom Zaki from TerraCycle. Hmm. And uh, he's the CEO of TerraCycle and Loop. And um, his wisdom, I mean, he's somebody um, I've looked up to my whole career, um and frankly he's my age and it's pretty cool to see somebody who's done so much for our planet in such a short amount of time Um, but really getting down to brass tacks of what's actually sustainable is uh he'll tell you what he thinks and it's pretty cool to to be a part of that conversation
1: yeah, de- definitely have to check that one out. I, I follow I follow him on uh, LinkedIn, so I see all of his posts. But I haven't heard that episode, so I'll definitely look at it. So you, you mentioned TikTok as well. Where can the listeners find you? what's your What's your name on TikTok? You know, how many yeah. followers do you have?
0: Yeah. So uh, my name is uh, Corey Gated, C O R Y G A T E D, which is a nickname I got when I made boxes because my name is Corey and I worked in corrugated uh the the workers here thought that was pretty funny, but uh it stuck and it's just so it's it's my social media handle for for TikTok, um and we just uh just passed eighty eight thousand followers uh wow. which is kind of blows my mind my goal was ten thousand i i thought if I get to ten thousand that's amazing uh and it just kept going and kept growing and People want to talk about sustainable packaging. They want to learn about it. They want to have real discussions. And there's a lot of debate, you know. I post about cushion lock and all these other materials and and hex and things that are alternatives to uh, less sustainable packaging.
1: And and one other thing that you just did, and I saw this from following you on LinkedIn, is you just released a, a newsletter uh, yeah. on, on on LinkedIn. Is that just on LinkedIn or is that email or um, w- what exactly is it?
0: Yeah, so follow me on LinkedIn. Uh, it's just Corey Connors. Uh, there's not very many of us with this uh, spelling: C O R Y C O N N O R S. And um, you can subscribe to the newsletter. It comes out once a week. And what it is, it's it's. I'm not a writer, so it's um it's concise. It's here's a link to my podcast. Here's briefly what we talked about. Here's a link to this next show I'm going to. Here's what it's all about. You know, I I wrote it like I would want to read it, which is quickly. I don't like three long, three pages long of documents. I I want to read bullet points, and I think that's where our society is is today. Um, you know, look at the popularity of TikTok. It's you get you get five seconds to grab their attention, and then ten more to explain it to them. That's it. <laughs> so, I'm I'm fully on board with that. I I agree with it because um, you know, people don't have a lot of time to invest in in certain topics, but I wanted to make it fun and interesting.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's a phenomenal idea, phenomenal. Um, you know, looking at looking at what's next in sustainable packaging and looking at the future outlook um, in this industry you know in your mind, what is your vision for the future of sustainable packaging? We talked about hemp um, and how that could be a solution in the future but but what else is there in, in your eyes for, for a future outlook?
0: Yeah um, you're gonna see a lot more monomaterials you're gonna see fewer uh, multi-layer materials you're gonna see um, even on things like like um, like a, a, a thermoform tray. Uh, you're going to see that actually getting recycled, which is exciting. Uh, PET tray, a uh, company like D6, is they're, they're actually recycling those and turning those back into more thermoform trays. And uh, you're going to see a lot more recycling done at your retailer. Uh, companies like Walmart and uh, Fred Meyer and Safeway and, even Lowe's, uh, you can recycle plastic there, uh, which is amazing to think about that. Uh, things like soft plastics. Um, I think more and more you'll be able to recycle. The, essentially, the consumer has to get more involved. Um, and the retailers where they sell this material will become hubs for recycling, reuse, and uh, compost eventually, which will be very interesting. Uh, so you and you are going to see a lot more reusable packaging. I think we're going back to the the milkman method, uh, or should I say milk person, uh, the delivery style where they pick up and uh, re deliver. It's that is going to take over in a in a much larger way. I think reusable packaging should be ten percent or or twenty percent of all packaging in the next few years, uh, which is pretty cool to see. Um, but it's, it's exciting. It's an exciting time to be in sustainable packaging for sure.
1: Yeah. It seems to continue to grow. I mean, it seems like every package or I shouldn't say every, but more and more packages that I receive, there's a label on it that says made from. 100% 100% recycled material, 40% recycled material, um, and that's that's always good to see. And even my family has started sending me pictures when they get a package <laughs> um, with with the label um, yep. because they know they know how involved I am and interested in this field um, that I am. So Corey, the the final the final segment we do on the show um, is just talking about your advice and, and recommendations for for the listeners. Um, so I'm going to ask you four different questions. Um, and then, and then I'll let you go. I'll let you get back, get back to work. Um, but, um, the first question is, you know, based on your experience, what advice would you give to businesses that are just starting their journey towards implementing sustainable packaging practices?
0: Yeah, I would start with, um, a couple things. I would reach out to, uh, Aurora packaging. You know, my company is incredible with, uh, 250 sales reps around the country, uh, reach out to someone like us or us, if you can, to get a real professional's opinion on uh, an improvement for, for your packaging materials. I would also st- uh, do a waste audit. I would look at what's in, and not. I just interviewed uh, somebody that was ta- talking about this process. And she said, don't start with your hauler Wait." go and look at what you're actually throwing away first and then do your own audit, figure out, okay, about this many pounds of this, this many pounds of that, uh, you know, what are the actual materials? So then you can look at, okay, where did we get those materials? And do we need to change what we're buying? You know, cut it off before it even gets into the building. Um, And then, if, if that's not possible to remove the supply, you have to figure out what to do with the waste. And then that means contacting haulers or other recycling companies. Um, my friend Lanika has a company called Trash Logic in California. That's what they do. They come in and they say, we're going to help you recycle this material. Here, We're going to figure out how to haul it for you and get it out of here and actually get it recycled. So there are things like that uh, that, that really make a huge impact for a company.
1: So you, you actually just answered one of the other questions I had. <laughs> so, so two more questions. Um, that, that, was, right. that was really good. Um, <laughs> Thank you. So the next one is how can businesses effectively balance sustainability goals with other considerations such as cost, functionality, and and product protection?
0: Yeah. I think that's often the biggest surprise for people when I talk to them and help them redesign their, their packaging is, What? This is a cost savings? Wow. You know, um, think about having to store 10 10 truckloads of plastic bubble in your warehouse. How much does that cost you every month? Well, the answer is 8% of of the cost of that material. Uh, And it's it's becoming less and less uh, easy and more and more difficult to store packaging materials because... Uh, it's very expensive. Warehouse space has become more and more expensive and, and harder to come by. I watch some of these people on TikTok, uh, trying to get rolls of bubble wrap down their stairs, uh, stairs to put it in their basement where they package all their product. And I think, why don't you just get a roll of cushion lock and you can carry it easily, you know, uh, and it doesn't take hardly any room, uh, So there, and, and it's a cost savings because you, you know, you're not shipping a four foot wide piece of material, a huge rolls. You're shipping this big and, and, you know, 26 pounds and much smaller condensed. So the answer is it can be, you can be sustainable and save money and save space and save shipping costs. And, uh, you know, it's, it's exciting.
1: Yeah, warehouse space, uh, I didn't know this before I, I entered the workforce either, how crucial it is. And really, when, when looking at, I mean, my last organization, we we moved into a 200,000 square foot facility. And, you know, the front of it was manufacturing. And then you had three companies with their inventory and storage. And this place was packed. It was so packed out. Uh, and we went to a facility that was smaller before. And we went to this new facility that was larger But it was still so packed out that they had to start putting product outside. Um, Mm -hmm. And you're talking about packaging material taking up a a good portion. You know, you're talking about a a good percentage of of all these organizations having packaging. Um, And all the things you're talking about, bubble wrap, uh, all of these different things taking up so much space. And I I just remember the accounting people in the organization. um, When I had to look at budget and how much our costs are, I had to put in. You know, what are our warehouse holding costs? Um, How much space are we taking? Um, So all of that stuff is, that'll blow your mind too, um, how specific those costs can get to. And something as simple as, you know, having too much bubble wrap. I mean, it can cost (laughs) you a lot of money down the road and you don't even realize it.
0: Exactly. Or think about the amount, If let's say you use peanuts, which believe it or not, people still use packaging peanuts think think about the amount of time that your staff spends either refilling those hoppers or sweeping up after the shift i i will actually have warehouse workers shake my hand and thank me when we get rid of their packing peanuts for alternatives that aren't you know you, you get rid of your brooms you don't need them anymore you know this This is, you're not going to have to, I used to work in a warehouse, so I can, I I remember this. It was so frustrating to deal with stuff like that, but this, you have to look at the whole scope. You have to look at your whole day's work and what are your, your employees actually working on and figure out, okay, is this going to be more efficient? Like you said, it's efficient.
1: So final question here. Going from a business perspective to the individual and all the listeners here, I mean, everyone's an individual here. Maybe some of them are leading businesses. Maybe some of them are inside businesses. They might be warehouse workers. They might be on the floor. But individuals, um, could you share some practical tips um, for these people um, who want to make more sustainable packaging choices in their everyday lives?
0: Yeah, I'll, I'll share something that that Tom Zaki preaches, which is buy less I know, I know it's frustrating, but, uh, we, if you don't need it, don't buy it. Um, of course we want to have our luxuries and enjoy our certain things, but you can make decisions. You can, you can click the button on your Amazon, uh, order that says delay and ship together, you know? So you, uh, you know, you can eliminate three boxes right there every week, you know, if you, if you just wait, just consolidate an order. Um you know, go to the grocery store and uh, buy something in bulk and, and put it into a reusable container. Uh, you know, uh, don't bring your reusable bags instead of your your single use, even paper bags is uh, you know, less effective than than your reusable bags. So it's it's a lifestyle thing. It's a grab your reusable water bottle and fill it up in the morning. And, and make it your goal to drink the whole thing. And so you're, you're not only going to be more sustainable, you're going to be healthier. Uh, it's a lot of this coincides. It's very interesting.
1: Well, Corey, I, I can't thank you enough for coming on the Green Hour today and, and sharing so much of your story, sharing so much of the industry and sustainable packaging and giving the listeners a lot they can take home with them and you know they can implement in their everyday lives. I also want to thank you for um, your podcast and all that education that you're spreading um, to people like me that, that look up to you um, when I'm doing a podcast like this and, and really want to create something like you have. So um, I can't thank, thank you, you enough. And I wish you the best um, in every endeavor that you have in the future.
0: You too. Thank you so much, Preston. It's, it's been a lot of fun.